We are back. Hey, everybody. Pre-show 351. In Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. After a trip to Denver, Colorado last week. Yes, it was. It It was was a trip to Denver, Colorado. It had its moments. (laughs) I, um... What's the word I'm looking for? So, I... I, I had a decent time. I didn't have the, the most enjoyable time ever. Uh, not every trip is going to be amazing. Um, I was very happy that I think you had a great time. And uh, Yeah, I did. A, I had a good time. I made almost the most of it. Yeah. Um, Wednesday night, if I had a designated driver, I would have done more. But there was no designated driver. Yeah. <laughs> That's no one's fault. Um, Frost. Friday, no, Saturday night, I actually called it quits a little bit early. I just, uh, I think I was finally catching up with me. I could have went and mm-hmm. done more, but I, I just didn't think it was worth the, the effort or, you know, potentially like, you know, overdoing it or anything like yeah. that. But other than that, yeah, I, uh, lots of waking moments, doing lots of beer. And uh, the most amazing thing for me is I didn't get a single hangover. Oh. I woke up fresh and ready to go every morning. Must have been all that milk thistle. It might have been. Who knows? I did take a lot of those milk thistle capsules. <laughs> because the opportunity cost is about nil. And uh, if it might work, it's not like it's going to... I know. What's the opportunity cost of uh, believing bullshit? I don't believe in very much bullshit. <laughs> You're saying this is a slippery slope? Um... Yeah, well, I'm saying it has the potential. Anything has the potential to be, just like high fives. Uh, and so it's <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's so hard to say, right? Because these things are uh, are nonsense until they aren't. Mm-hmm. And uh, what which is it? Uh, right now, the evidence seems to lean towards nonsense, but once it isn't nonsense, it becomes medicine. Have you done research on this? I did a little bit of looking up of okay. milk thistle, and as far as I could tell, there wasn't any conclusive evidence that there was anything besides placebo effect. Right. Well, like I said, it doesn't cost... I still have the pills left over from when my uncle died, and... Uh, I took two every morning, two every evening, and felt great. So don't use that as an endorsement. If you have free milk thistle, might as well take it, is all mm. I'm saying. Yeah, don't um, right, don't buy any thinking that it will help you. Well, I mean, you can. You'd be wasting your money, probably. It's a lot cheaper than that uh, Swiss powder <laughs> shit that they sent us. Remember that? That was actually billing itself as a hangover cure? Right. I do remember that. Um, we never actually tested that. We didn't have enough to really no. test it. And I hit them up and they they didn't like our skepticism and didn't send us anymore. Right. Well. <laughs> uh, we are, if you have a product that you, are, you don't want skeptics to look at, we're not no. the show. We are not the show. Speaking of which, we can talk about this a little. Where does this merit discussion? Um, probably in the main show, prob- but no more than five minutes. Probably in the main show, yeah. I agree. Um, these guys, well, you know, there's always these tables at the GABF where 
people are hawking non-beer things growlers or little tap systems these guys are hawking purple salt called beer frost and it says turn your ice from 30f to minus 10f with new beerfrost.com i like how they worked their yeah. uh, website right into the late the title of the product um now, this immediately caught my attention when i saw it because uh they're selling what how much is in here um it's good for a cooler Good for a cooler, so five ounces. For about four bucks, I think, was the going price? I don't know. Something like that. I grabbed them when I was walking past, because you had already talked with them. I didn't want to have another conversation. Um, But you buy a bag of rock salt for two bucks, that's... (laughs) 50 pounds. 50 50 pounds, uh, and it does the same exact thing that this does, that they're selling for $4 for a five-ounce packet. Uh, So I have a problem... With that right from the start, but it's not just rock salt, Greg. It it is not just rock salt. It has a it has purple mag- dye in magnesium it, magnesium chloride. It has calcium chloride. And the people who were behind it made Tassium. a big deal about how it has se- several other different salts mm-hmm. besides uh, standard sodium chloride and calcium chloride, uh, and that the magnesium salts supposedly get it cooler quicker because they have more ions. Uh, which I wasn't. Um, quite equipped to dispute right there Mm -hmm. but i did ask okay what's the ratios we're talking about oh i can't tell you it's a corporate secret how do i know you're putting any magnesium salt in there versus one percent you know you tell me you're putting magnesium salt in there number one ingredient out here is sodium chloride um what's what's the difference if you're putting one percent of this is magnesium chloride doesn't make a difference about the ions. Well, there's more magnesium than there is dye, so we know that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean... Um, <laughs> well, I'm saying we know it's between salt and dye. Yeah. Anyway. But it, 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 you can use a very small amount of dye to make a lot of things, a lot of color. Like- Just think about food coloring. Does not take much. You could use this to do your Breaking Bad ripoff of purple meth. <laughs> Would not be shiny and clean, hmm. and crystal. I mean, oh, it's a crystal, but it's not clear, right? <sighs> so yeah, this beer frost. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I was talking to the guy, and I. I liked the guy. The guy was a nice guy. Uh, and, and I told him as much that, you know, I I understand what you're doing. I can't support it. It's, you're making money off of ignorance. Mm-hmm. And claiming that it's science. And that's not a proper use of science. Right. In my book. In my moral system. No, I think that's certainly true. That, you know, it's... Science is undergoing enough false uh, yeah. or credibility issues, mostly because of false attribution today, mm-hmm. that it doesn't need bullshit like this focusing, you know. We need to keep that open because we know what happened last time. <laughs> you can talk. Okay. Just making sure. Oh, boy. I have a lot of stuff to talk about, <laughs> like lots and lots and lots. 
mm-hmm. but I just don't know. Uh, I almost don't know where to begin. Okay. Um, should we move into? Should, should we just go into the science thing? And get that out of the way. My my science portion. Sure, if you want. That's fine. <laughs> uh, we should absolutely do uh, um, a recap of what we know so far. I don't remember any of it really. That's why I do the recap. Okay. To remind you, um, you have an. All right, my heart just isn't in it. Maybe we'll do it in the post show. Okay. <laughs> I do want to explain this so much, but it's so okay. You know what? Let me let me go back to one thing. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll explain one thing. How about that? Okay. Okay. Uh, or I'll go with a little bit more in depth in one thing. So we have the electron that is flipping back and forth between its two spin states, and I said that's a consequence of the Dirac equation. Uh, why? What what does that mean when I say it's a consequence of the Dirac equation? Uh, the electron isn't a spherical object it's a it's a wave and so when it has these two spin states essentially you can think of it as a standing wave so you have a, a like a jump rope or something you do a standing wave and you have two wave fronts in there so that i mean i have so there's like mm-hmm. at the ends two uh, two foci and one in the middle and then two troughs uh and it's basically oscillating back and forth between those two um, states. Okay. Uh, that's what the wave equation essentially says. And so the interesting thing about what's happening with this electron is that in the model that we have, the electron is symmetrical. Both of its sides should be exactly the same. Okay. But one of its side, I like to think of it like, say, a coaster or something. It's blue. Let's say it's blue. One side is blue. The other side is blue with a little red dot. Okay. And so that's the interesting thing. The thing should be symmetrical, but one side has a little distinguishing factor. Okay. That's it. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry about that. I'm, you're, you weren't in it, and I... Uh, like, I don't really recall, other than, like, the stuff from the first lesson. I don't mm-hmm. remember much of anything right. else that we talked about. So I'm not necessarily in it right now, either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I we don't want to talk about GABF, because that's going to be in the next show segment yeah. that we're going to record. So this is, get our talky-talky. You want to talk about other Denver extracurriculars? Yeah, absolutely. So, um... We, it's perfectly legal to uh, to smoke and ingest marijuana out there. So uh, I, I partook, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> little Greg did too. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I had uh, Greg bought a tincture, and right. uh, I took a little dose. Didn't really work out for me. It's I only did it when <laughs> I did it when I was drunk. Yeah, which and, didn't help. And the well, I wasn't. Drunk, drunk. I was happy drunk, right? Yeah. And then, but the the only noticeable effect I got out of it was it took me like six beers deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I'm on the verge of being sloppy or, you know, moments, not moments, but, you know, 
15 minutes from throwing up, that kind of thing. Yeah, I can understand where that would come from, why that would happen. Uh, Yeah, so your your exposure was probably not ideal, Um, but uh, you did it, and that's uh, something to... I mean, you didn't shy away. You could have, and you didn't. Yeah. So... There yeah, you go, the um, the tincture is probably a good mechanism because a lot of the edibles were so potent. Yes, that you would have had to have you know tremendous restraint in uh, in applying it, like eating like a third yeah. of a teeny little cookie, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I tried out the tincture first uh, to see what it did, and uh, to me, who's used to the effects, it was very minor. Uh, so I I appreciated uh, that aspect of it. Um, so I knew that it would be good to, to give to Jeff as a way to, you know, this is not going to (laughs) pop you in a corner for uh, six hours sobbing, like, get this out of me, get this out of me. It's just going to make you a little bit, a little more goofy. Right. Yeah. And just the only noticeable effect I had was like, these had increased drunkenness and it just didn't work for me. Uh, I think it made ramen taste awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, or the ramen just tasted awesome. I think the ramen. Period. I think the ramen tasted awesome. There was a, a Japanese restaurant mm-hmm. um, near. It was on Blake Street near Freshcraft, and after we ate at Freshcraft on Thursday afternoon, Greg saw that there was a sushi place next door, so we went over and had like forty dollars worth of sushi. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a little bit of sushi. just a little bit of sushi, but it was good. It, it was. Primo stuff. Pretty good. The um, yeah, it was real good. The uh, that so we had um, we had we had tuna, and then we had the we had we we, we snapper, had snapper snapper was that what it was we had um, mackerel Mac- okay uh, we had yellowtail and we had fatty tuna uh, otro which is the mm-hmm. the good stuff the good stuff. Um, yeah, and both the tunas were delicious. The other one was a mackerel. I guess it was mackerel. It was good, but it was harder to you know it was a tougher meat, harder yeah. to bite through. Yeah, it's what a different else? different. It's a textured thing. Yeah. Well, more it's a more oily uh, version of a sort of the kind of eelish. Since you thing. know, since it was such good sushi, I was trying to partition it out, so I didn't want to take a whole. You know, bite take the whole thing in one bite. So I was trying to bite it, and <laughs> just like that one, you know, just you couldn't bite through. So. The I mean, the whole idea what I learned with, during my whole sushi craze period was that just eat it one the whole thing in one bite and just sort of let it marinate in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't swallow right away. Really, just right. let all the flavors mingle. Right. Um, you're never supposed to dip the the rice in the. In the soy sauce. Oh, really? Just the fish. You should always go fish side. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I figured it was, you're supposed to soak up the soy with the rice. No, no, you're supposed to, because you, you, you really just want, that's another thing you don't do is you don't put um, wasabi in the soy sauce. Why didn't you tell me this <laughs> before I did it? Uh, because you seem perfectly happy with it. I mean, it, if I'm just saying if you want to be traditional about sure. it, right? If you, want, if, if you want to take it for, at its... Um, you want to do th- oh the uh, sushi chef did hear us talking about yeah. wasabi what he gave us a tiny yeah. little nip of the real stuff which mm-hmm. was cool and he gave us that fatty tuna so yeah so um uh anyway um 
Yeah, good sushi. And then I, I saw they had ramen, and I was like, you never had real ramen. I was like, you have to try real ramen. It's it's something special. It's not it's not cup of soup. Yeah, it's a, it was good. I remember being good, but I don't have a clear recollection of how good it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I remember being a lot like pho without the anise-type spicing. You know, yeah, so. it, it's uh, instead of a beef broth, it's a pork broth. Um, it's got a little bit of pork uh, marrow in it okay. to uh, thicken it. And, um, you know, it's got lots of good noodles and mm-hmm. other stuff in it. Right. Cool. But, yes, it's it's similar to pho in its... Uh, general idea <laughs> you want to talk about that anymore I know you you bought a name brand that uh, you heard about on, on Douglas y- yes I brought I bought uh, a couple different strains I, I got like tiny you know half, <laughs> half grams I didn't you know didn't buy much of these but uh, mm-hmm. like I tried like the first place I went to I tried something called Lemon Drop which kind of sort of tasted like lemons, and it's it. They had all these description of what, what they did, so I think <laughs> the one was like happy and <laughs> lively. Uh, and then I, I tried this one that I heard about uh, from, on Doug Benson called Heroina, which is supposed to be like heroin. Um, it definitely a very, uh, very kind of overwhelming feeling of ooh. <laughs> so I, I could feel that I don't know whether that was all psychosomatic or right, whether there right. was something to that or not who knows <laughs> okay uh, yeah I don't know how much stock to put into different uh, different ideas of, of what marijuana does for you right. um, you know I certainly think that we put some stock into the idea that certain drinks do different things to you, but it's mostly the same substance getting into you at slightly different speeds. Yeah, but there's occasions where you get different kinds of drunk. Yeah. You know, it's... I haven't noticed it in a while, but I remember earlier in the show, we'd notice sometimes a beer would hit you differently. And then, you know, when you were drinking other things, you'd get different kind of drunk feeling. And I don't know how much of that is confirmation bias. I mean, that would have yeah. to be... That's the kind of thing you have to sort of test out uh, in a lot of different ways, and I don't know how much of that we've actually done. So, and and I certainly know that that has not been done in any scientific way with marijuana because it mm-hmm. was illegal to do such things for a long time. Still is, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well... To be yeah, I mean, funded. Because it was, really. yeah, it was Schedule 1 or Schedule A or whatever it was, so you, there was no... Like real research on it, you know. All the research were kind of unofficial, skirting the fringes because you couldn't even get the stuff to legitimately test with. So, I don't know if there's labs in Colorado that are doing legitimate, you know, peer-reviewed tests now. There, there or... probably are some companies, but the thing is that all the marijuana, no banks want to get involved, mm-hmm. so. It's all it's an all cash business. Uh, banks don't want to get involved because they're they don't want to mess with any federal regulations, right. and it's still a federally so how is drug. taxes done, right? Because I was mentioning this to Damien a little bit, uh-huh. and uh, he threw me a link. I said about being all cash or something like that. I forget exactly how the conversation, but he threw me a link about Denver's revenue from from marijuana, and. 
are these guys paying federal taxes? I guess yes. they are. Because yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we we saw you went into um, at least one place with me, um, and I think I went into like three different places, and they were all being very very careful about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were clear about. <laughs> there, there's clearly a line, and they want to be on the legal side of it, right? Uh, at least the local legal laws. Uh, from what I understand, there's a tacit agreement from the IRS that uh, they will accept your tax money for this, and they will simply choose. They choose not to prosecute you at this time. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be really interesting, especially if the Republican president gets elected, how... Uh, how that, yeah. And it's still... The experiment seems to be working. I, I don't see how it can be taken There's back now. a lot of weed stores in Colorado. I think I saw... I mean, part of it is that they're new and novel, so they stand yes. out more. But it seemed like there was as many as liquor stores. It, it seemed like convenience store level, at least where we were at. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, there, there was about one every four or five blocks, at least. Did you notice when we were driving back to the airport, we were on the highway, windows were up, and on the right-hand side was like a warehouse industrial, and there was a weed store, and I swear I could smell it in the car with the windows <laughs> up, driving by on the highway. I don't know how much of that was suggestion, but I'm pretty sure it was a real smell. Uh, yeah, that, that would, I mean... That would make sense, right? Because airports are generally out in the middle of nowhere, and that's where you're going to be. Well, it was a warehouse. Cars. Maybe they yeah. were growing there, right? I mean, they had a grow house in that first place we went to. I don't know about the other ones. I only went in the first one, and the smell was so potent. It was I, way too potent in I, there. I waited for Greg outside. I just yeah. Uh, that was the only. That was the only place where there was a potent smell. Okay. Was that one place? Every place else, it was. Uh, I mean, like in 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 the place that was in Denver. The waiting room was downstairs, and it was on the fifth floor you had to go to. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, every place we went to was (laughs) well-frequented. Yes. Yeah, this is not... um, Clearly, this is something people want. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let people have it, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't seem to be uh, causing any major deleterious effects that I know of. No, give it twenty years, and they're all stoned out of their brains, like like the, you know, like a super sixty stoners today. It should be interesting. I'm going to uh, Seattle uh, at the end of uh, this month, mm-hmm. uh, which also has legal uh, marijuana. It's a work trip, though, so I don't know how much I'm going to be partaking, <laughs> but I probably will be at least interested to see what the differences are, if there are mm-hmm. differences, right? Just in how they sell it and things like that. Yeah, this was vacation. I could, I, I felt like I was justified in, you know. But I, I will be technically on work dull, so I doubt I'll be partaking in Seattle. <laughs> I hear you. I don't have anything else to say on marijuana. Um, that's about all. My, marijuana that, out. Yeah. That was my experience. Yeah. You know, like I said, I went in the first place, took a hit on a tincture, and waited outside for Greg at the other places just because I, I thought. Errantly, it was going to smell like the other ones. I just yeah. didn't want to hang out in the waiting room for however long because it was just 
such a sad. I mean, it's not that I don't like the smell or anything, or or too good for the smell. Yeah. It's just it was so. Potent. It was it was very very potent, kind of overwhelming in that first place. Yeah. And I was sitting there, and I would I certainly feel like a little woozy or fuzzy uh-huh. or something like that. I know I wasn't getting high from it, but it's just like when you're. It's yeah. uh, it's kind of like uh, you can get overwhelmed by by a sensation. Yeah, you know, if it, like if a sound can bug you if it's there for too long. And for that first one, we were, it was before we went to our first beer place. So I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm chopping at the bit. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, it was right on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made sure to not look for one like right by the airport. I was like, we'll look for one that's right in Fort Collins. Yeah. What's the app you were using? Leafly. 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 Yeah. Yes, it's your um, it's your potheadbeermapping uh, Basically, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's tap uh, finder for for yeah. weed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have a lot of tweets to explain. Okay. Greg explains his tweets. <laughs> Let's see. I have a lot of tweets to explain. Uh, our, the most recent tweet was about uh, this little gadget on my wrist here. Oh, your iWatch. I'm, your enjo- Apple, Apple I'm enjoying watch. the hell out of it, but um, I want to make it clear. The smartphone changed your life. The smartwatch just changes the way you interface with your smartphone. <laughs> It's it's not a life changing thing. It, it it's it's something neat to have, but it is nothing that anybody needs to have. Uh, and as I've said before, uh, it's a two hundred dollar. It's worth two hundred dollars to me, and I paid four hundred dollars for it. That's a two hundred dollar Apple logo. Exactly. <laughs> Take for that what you will. Uh, mm-hmm. I still. I, I do enjoy it. I, I liked the ability to do things like to just immediately um, do this and be like, hey, Siri, what's the score of the Pirates game? I didn't have to touch anything. I just right. put it up to me and it, uh, well, now it's, now it's, <laughs> it didn't quite get that one, but you get the concept. You probably talk too loud, too closely. Yeah. All right. So tweet number two, saying the universe is made of math is like saying the world is made of maps. Right. I, I get that one. That's a good tweet. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the whole uh, made of math thing, and uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's confusing the map for the place is is the uh, analogy, and the math tells you to make a left here, and the map tells you to make a left here. They both work, but they get they give you the correct directions, but that doesn't mean the universe is made of maps. Yeah. Uh, if you ask Max Tegmark, he would say absolutely that means the universe is made of maps. That means that uh, all maps are are their own island universes. But that's that's crazy talk, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, understanding is being awash in the knowledge of something, at the same time terrified by its implication. The brand new unknowns. Basically, that's. Um, it's 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 an analogy of exploration. You you discover something new, and you find out all these new directions you can go in, and you're sort of scared by all these new directions you now you can now go in. That's what uh, I, I think the feeling of discovery most feels like is a, a shock and awe. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, guys, here's the purpose to life. Change. Let's do it more. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I was getting kind of philosophical. And you had one from last week. Lesson from GBF. Use Galaxy Hops. You like Galaxy? Uh, yes. <laughs> there was a, um, a Galaxy-only beer that I tried, and it was uh, pretty damn good. I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was like, okay, I, I, I really understand what Galaxy is now. And um, it can be used in a lot of very interesting different ways. Cool. Yeah, Galaxy is a tasty hub. <laughs> uh, if you're looking at Pluto pictures and saying planet, then you're getting the wrong message. You should be thinking, that's dynamic. I totally... So it kind of bugged me for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> getting over a little something, actually. I came back from Denver. I had a little sick spot that I ran into. I had caught something among the people, just a little... Uh, quick virus, but mm-hmm. still getting a little bit of cough out of me. Anyway, I was a little pissed at, at, at Pluto for a bit because I was like, now there's all these people are, are jumping in and saying, oh, we got to call the planet again because it's in the news. And I realized I'm getting I'm getting mad at <laughs> the wrong thing. Uh, and I shouldn't be venting my anger at the people who are excited about Pluto. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's... But... It, I think the interpretation of, of what we see uh, is is really needs to be addressed because what we're finding is that boring stuff mm-hmm. is very uncommon. Things that we think are going to be boring are very interesting and dynamic. We are finding that evolution happens everywhere. Everywhere that there's energy applied to a system... Mm-hmm. Uh, you have evolution. And so even a place where it gets 1% of the sunlight that Earth does, mm-hmm. you have amazing amount of evolution and stuff happening. Sure. Yes. And so that's... Uh, and we're seeing this, you know, we're, we're going around series and we're like, what the heck are these white spots? We still don't know. Um, there's all this stuff. Nothing's boring out there. Everything's something new. There's no, there's not a, a dearth of complexity in the universe. The universe is so full of complexity. We kind of don't know where to look to find something boring. What about the moon? It's only, the moon's only boring because we see it all the time because we're used to it. But there's, it's not like we're actively studying it. There's. Not much science coming off of the moon. They're, they're starting to because they're, I mean, they're getting better ideas of, of what little magnetic field is there, what uh, the interior of the moon might be like, if there is some sort of water there in some mm-hmm. places. Pretty boring stuff. It's like I say, it would be exciting if it were jumping out at us. We we see it in the sky all the time, right? Uh, so it's kind of present to us. It doesn't feel new. We see pictures of it and it looks, well, yeah, that's the moon. Right. Um, you see pictures of new worlds and you're like, oh, that's something new. But, like, as I say, it's, it's very hard to find boring things. Except for the moon. If you look very close to where you are, 
That's where you find the most boring stuff. Okay. All right. The further out you look, the more interesting things get. Okay. <laughs> he wouldn't let me have that moon one. <laughs> Not let me have that one, no. Uh, okay, on on the same sort of subject as, as of this stuff, um, I'm a little ashamed to admit I, I kind of starting to get a little bit fond of, of Martin Rees. Uh, <laughs> the water sommelier. Uh, just because I, I find him to be sort of a, a charming little con man. Um, <laughs> when the water on, on Mars stuff was announced, he immediately tweeted because it's something about water. Oh, I want to drink it. Uh, well, no, he tweet. Well, right, right. Whenever he sees an opening yeah. to pitch his brand. He pitches his brand. Yeah. So the water on Mars thing, he's like, I wonder what the TDS level is in this. He did say, I want to drink it. Oh, did he? He said, I would love to taste that water. Oh, okay. (laughs) And pair it with astronaut food. (laughs) Yes, right. And uh, so I responded to him um, because I... I mean, I just read like the article and the and the research abstract, and I was like, uh, "The water in question is basically a brine filled with per- perchlorate salts." Uh, I don't think it would go down very easily. Essentially, it will kill you <laughs> if you. I mean, if you had a taste of it, it wouldn't kill you. But if you drank uh, yeah. a nice tall glass of it, that would uh, <laughs> that would be poison. <laughs> Yes, the water sommelier. The water sommelier should should know water. a little more about water than to just jump on every <laughs> water tweet there is. Maybe to just... I mean, like I said, I did 10, 15 seconds of, of looking at something. Well, it's like that YouTube video, the fake water sommelier. Uh-huh. I don't remember how many you saw, but there was one where he did water from a... a uh, like a, a drainage trough in Somalia. It was like black. <laughs> <laughs> and he drank it and he gave, you know, immediately gave him explosive diarrhea. Mm-hmm. So he responded to me, yeah, I thought so too. Heavy stuff with a TDS of thousands. As I was like, okay, you're not even like trying to fight me. It, it's, it's kind of adorable. It's adorable, but it's almost like he's not listening as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what it's adorable about it. Yeah. He's a five year old. Yeah, he he never <laughs> listens. He <laughs> spins it, ignores important facts, and keeps pitching his brand. He reminds me a lot of Max, and so. <laughs> <laughs> Charming con man. <laughs> and he changed his Twitter handle to make it easier for everybody. Yeah. Which meant I couldn't find him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, um, okay, I did actually want to talk about something. Um, you, you tried to uh, play joke tag with me with a comedy bang bang joke. I hadn't listened to the episode yet. You're not a typical listener to comedy bang bang. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was the guest list, right? So I use Pocket Casts. Uh-huh. And you can subscribe to shows, but not have them auto-download. Yeah. So I subscribe to a bunch of shows just so I see, like, The Nerdist, right? I won't download The Nerdist unless the guest yeah. is someone I'm interested in. You know, um, I do that a lot with this podcast app. It works really well for that. And, yeah, so I subscribe to Comedy Bang Bang, but I almost never download the shows. 
I enjoyed the show. I might download more. I might, you know, maybe go in slow. I think that's that's the key, right? You have to sort of... Uh, you have to get used to the show's aesthetic um, before you, you can't. You don't become a fan immediately. I think part of my problem with with introducing it to you was I would not have picked that episode to introduce you to. I didn't find it as uh, all, all that funny to me. But with the that one, doesn't matter. The one with Nick Kroll, and yeah, Minzukis. That doesn't matter. You found it funny, and the whole point is that they're trying eighty different things. And, oh, I mean, there's some stuff yeah. in there that really wasn't funny. Yeah, and there was like the mailer demon. They they hung that for forever. <laughs> Part of their style is to, is to lean on jokes and just keep, is to take jokes and take them to the point where they're not funny, and then keep going with them right, until they right. become funnier again. Um, the part. So you did listen to it? Yeah, I listened. Oh, to I it. thought you said you didn't listen to it. I, I, at the time, oh, I had oh, right. Uh, so the part where. Um, Oh, I forget what his name was, but the the actor who plays Jason Minzukis. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it was still funny. I still enjoyed it, but it was like that, it wouldn't have been an episode I would have picked to, to introduce. The, the one you. thing they left on the table, I was waiting for them to, to to discover, was to get the actor who plays Jason Minzukis's Twitter handle. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that have been really good? That would have been good because Minzukis doesn't do Twitter. Right? Yeah. And they could have played up how he tweets all the time, nonstop. I was waiting for him. Like, come on, get there, get there, make that leap. Yeah. Well, you don't know. If if there would have been like a writing room, right? They would have stumbled upon that probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. That that is something that they missed. But that's okay. They hit enough things, I think, <laughs> yeah. along the way. Oh, what was the character's name? Oh. Anyway, oh. I, I'm glad to see that you know that. Because I, I think that, that if <laughs> so, you thought I watched I mean, it. Sorts. I mean, you actually so you watched it because of the league. I mean, that wasn't the full answer. I mean, I discovered Jason Manzukas mostly from the league, mm-hmm. but then I listened to How Did This Get Made. I yeah. I, I like him. I like his his rough, crude comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems like his Raffi character. Well, his Raffi character is pure id. Yeah, but. <laughs> Jason Manzukas is a fair amount of it as well. Uh, so, and then when they started playing the character that plays Jason yeah. Manzukas, who's I mean, he's also a very a very gifted improviser. So mm-hmm. he can pick up on things and go with it in great ways. Um, and he's apparently a very good uh, writer. He's, he's a he's one of the one of the top Hollywood script doctors, from what I understand. Uh, okay, I'd never watched Nick Kroll's show. I didn't know Nick had so many voices. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. That he was doing so many different voices. I guess in his show he probably did a bunch of yes he has a he, he's um, very character based in his improv you know more you know, on the groundlings level type mm-hmm. stuff um, good funny guy yeah hey dog Matt <laughs> my wife <laughs> they brought that back after like not doing that for <laughs> two, <laughs> two years so it was very funny to see. Like Scott's clear pain in bringing it back, and then like Manzukas is also like pain in the fact that he had to hear it. <laughs> There's a lot of all these dynamics that you kind of miss. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. get that one. Yeah, at all. but and then like I thought the uh, you know they're doing the Hainong Man, which I guess was from a previous Manzukas episode, yeah. right? And it's so you probably appreciate this. Like it wasn't funny. It, it, it was never really funny. 
But for like the next two days, the thing that kept running through my mind was, hey, dog man, or hey, dog Matt. You know, it's like, <laughs> I just keep going, keep going in my brain. It, I mean, there's a whole, he used to, Scott Arby used to start the show with, with, uh, with the slogan or his catchphrase, what's up, hot dog, which meant nothing. But it just suddenly became funny because he just kept doing it. And then he decided to retire it. <laughs> and then he keeps getting new catchphrases. Okay. And that's sort of the new couch. That's sort of their couch gag. Oh, okay. People send in catchphrases. Gotcha. I see. Okay. That makes sense. I remember the What's Up Hot Dog part from one yeah. that you made me listen to early. Or had me listen to. I shouldn't say made. Um, I guess that was the other part of like when they discovered upon the mailer daemon able to like change their memories, you know, like, oh, I guess that's a thing. You know, I, I thought they thought yeah, they they did that a little bit, but then they backed away from it. I'm, I, I was waiting for them to really dive in on that, too. So, well, you you go where the group mind takes yeah, you. Yeah. But no, it was good. I'll, I'll probably have more uh, patience with other ones. So probably still want guests. You know, for now, guests I'm familiar with, guests I like. Yeah, but, yeah. I, and I think that's... But I'm also getting familiar with quite a bit of, of that group by watching At Midnight and Doug Loves Movies. And, yeah, as you get to... You, especially with something like At Midnight, because you get exposure to these comedians and you yeah. see which ones are interesting to you and which ones aren't. Um, like Reese Darby? Yeah, Reese Darby. <laughs> I'm not sure if I like him or not. I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, I mean, if, if you watch Flight of the Concords, I think you might... If you watch it, you'd okay. really get his his character. Um, it's a very kind of spacey, yeah, and stoned <laughs> New Zealander. It's, it's, it's an interesting character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just started like the one he was just on. He just, on, uh, and I just started going off like reciting like a New Zealand car commercial. Uh-huh. <laughs> stoned Ernest <laughs> New Zealander is sort of his his character and it it, it works to him to varying degrees I suppose <laughs> here's a question for you um, mm-hmm. Rick from Rick and Morty I was thinking I was trying to think of a way to define him and I thought oh he's kind of the ultimate anti-hero but then I thought that's not really true uh, he's almost like the ultimate uh, super villain in, in some ways but he's not evil only because he doesn't care <laughs> yeah, that's why he's not evil. He's 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 pretty immoral, yeah. right? I mean, he doesn't really have a clear cut uh, set of ethics, set or, of ethics or anything. He does have heart on occasion, only for a very few select, yeah, people um, in a and, vast and multiverse. Only on a few, few yeah. select people at a few select moments, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's not like he's yeah. always yeah. caring for Marty. <laughs> Uh, he he clearly thinks nothing of death, uh, and is is fine inflicting it on. Oh, this is the yeah. purge plan. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> so it it it's sort of like yeah his his superpower is that he just is not that he's a wizard who can do anything although he has that power but his superpower is that he just doesn't care, uh, and that lets him do so much with his other abilities. So the other superpower is that his writing staff is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a superpower that, that few people have. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like even though I, I kind of thought that the Purge Planet um, plot like it was 
relatively predictable, right? There wasn't too much you didn't yeah. expect. But just like some of the dialogue when they landed and asked for the windshield wiper fluid, and the, you know, like you're not going to freak out. We're not working. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, like just a bunch of little lines like that. Well, yeah, it's like it's, they they use the fact that these tropes are developed to skip ahead, yeah, to uh, to jump along the story to get to the interesting stuff quicker. Right. Right. So it's um, it's very Dan Harmon in, in how everything is structured in terms of you've seen this before, so we can skip it, right? Right, uh, and we can get to the good stuff. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's such a good show. <laughs> I guess now I got to start watching BoJack Horseman too. It's a different show, but uh, I know, it's, I know it's, it's still a very show. very good show. You told me I need to watch that one as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love a love a dub dub. <laughs> uh, in in terms of pop culture, I notice a lot of people starting to really appreciate Rick and Morty. Uh, people work, you know, it's coming up more and more. That you know, because I mentioned it in the, the one of our goof off Slack channels, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've had a couple people come up to me and mention it. So, yeah, it's definitely it, it's it's getting attention. Mm-hmm. People people know what it is, uh, which is awesome. So it's going to be around for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's easily like the number one or two or three show on Sundays on cable every every okay. time. So it, it's a very highly rated show for Adult Swim. Get about two million people, which is huge. So what about the Daily Show? Um, Trevor Noah is a is a is a funny little shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's he's got this. He's got a got great dimples and a great shitting grin, which gives right, him right. A, a a good character to base the uh, to base the perspective of the show. Yeah, I saw a comment. I forget where I saw this, but I think it summed it up really well. Where where uh, John Stewart was worn out and disgusted by our politics. Mm-hmm. Trevor Noah was kind of amused by it. Yeah, yeah, it, it gives it. Something like John Oliver's a little bit of an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, just because he's coming at it with an accent and with a, a more bemused. I gotta, get, I gotta get used to the South African accent. Yeah. I don't. You don't see enough of that accent to be used to it, and it's it like I'm not used to it at all. But I think he also has a, a background of performance. He knows, mm-hmm. uh, like John Stewart did. He knows what he's doing. He knows that it's a performance, and he has to. He it, it, it doesn't have like some of the correspondence. It takes time for them to develop mm-hmm. who they are. He didn't have to take time to develop who he was. He knew exactly who he right, was right. when he came in, and so that came through very quickly. Right. His interview. I didn't listen to the. I didn't see the Chris Christie interview yet, but the first two just. He I've the, never been interested in the Daily Show interviews, oh, really. Okay. So right. uh, I, I skip them. So I mean, the first the two. The first two are pretty puff interviews. Um, well, Kevin Hart is clearly, yeah, yeah, and then the next one, and it was it was almost like he didn't know how to do it, you know. He, yeah, I mean, I think he'll probably learn, right? You get put in that job, you're going to learn. And you know, I saw Chris Christie was his third interview. Haven't seen the episode yet, but uh, like, not even like asking softball questions, but like not even asking questions at all. Like, but it wasn't like a conversational thing. Like it wasn't like a Chris Hardwick type interview either. Mm-hmm. It was it started off, they start off really slow and maybe go somewhere, but might not, you know, it's, 
might just want to like watch one well, just to see what it's like. Yeah, maybe I will. Uh, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be that entertaining. No, no. Just to see where he starts off. Because, yeah. I mean, who knows in five years, maybe he'll be able to do those interviews that Jon Stewart could do. Or, jump or, in the pool with sharks. Uh, you eventually yeah. learn to yeah. uh, to go. You either get eaten or you, right. or you don't. Lots of new correspondence. Uh, I guess I was meaning to go online and look at the staff list, see if like any of the old ones have left. Or I don't think anybody left. Okay. Um, I think they're trying to smooth the transition, mm-hmm. but they did add a couple people. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that you know Jordan was still there, but then like, oh the um, who was the guy the the new black guy that did the Mars one? Oh yeah, that uh, was pretty funny. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I don't know. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the first black man on Mars. I'm getting a little racist my imitation there, but his delivery was really funny. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought it was a good week for Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. Got off to a good start. Can only go up from here. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, not an easy... <laughs> Yeah. Not not easy shoes to fill, <laughs> and then on at you know while we're talking about late night, one thing real quick. I saw on at midnight at that that picture of David Letterman. Did you see that? He's like lumberj like like Swedish fisherman. No, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't beard. watch Thursday's show. Oh, okay, so. so TMZ or someone got a picture of Letterman, and like you wouldn't almost not recognize the guy. His beard's like down to here. And oh yeah, he doesn't have to shave. <laughs> like if you spend if you spent. 30 years 30 years having to shave every fucking day I bet the first thing you would do is just let a beard grow just let it go why do you have to have a, why do you have to be clean shaven to host the mm-hmm. late show why why do uh, excuse me <laughs> uh, a little Greg stop it why why do anchor Women have to have beautiful long legs. Anchor women? Do they? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them do. Well, that's just women on TV in general, probably. Why do women in general on TV have that big, leggy, long legs? Yes, we like seeing attractive people. Okay, it's a weird cognitive bias we have. Dave Letterman was attractive. He was, he was comfortable. Okay, and putting a beard on him <laughs> is not how we're used to him, so it makes him less so. Like we're, we would not be used to Wolf Blitzer without a beard. Right, right. Remember, Conan tried a beard for a little bit. Let's see, the picture comes up here. That's not the new picture. Um, <clears throat> we should probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not coming up in Google image search none of these are scraggly and 